0: Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Saverns. I am the worship pastor here at Compass Point Bible Church. And today this is Postscript Home Edition. Uh, I am sitting at my dining room table. Paul is sitting in his office. And I think we figured out the technology to be able to put this all together and have a conversation. We're looking at each other, not face-to-face, but through Zoom, through our computers. So. thrilled to be here hey how are you doing paul i'm doing good i'm doing doing good and looking forward to seeing if we can uh,
1: make these kinds of things work as we go forward
0: absolutely i am deeply thankful for the technology uh and as you would expect with us being at home there may be the occasional interruption or a bit of noise from our children as many of you are experiencing these days in your work and that's right completely fine uh let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about Esther, Paul. We're, uh, this Sunday, we, we had our second kind of fully online week, which again is new and wild, but these are strange days we're living in. Um, and we're, we're figuring it out and making the best of it. Um, tell, tell me a little bit about, about Esther, about why, why are we here? Uh, what is it you were getting into? (laughs) Well, yeah. And I mean,
1: I should say to start with like, just like last time when, when it came to figuring out, okay, what do we preach next? Basically what happened is, when we sort of came into the situation, we decided to just throw everything up in the air and say, "Okay, what do we need to do?" And so we spent some time uh, praying through that. And um, you know, the first week became sort of a, a really neat experience where you know I, I had already prepared something, and it was it felt like a real a real God thing, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And this next week was kind of similar. I I walked into. Um, Brad's office, if you can believe it, uh, it was only what, like two weeks ago that we were uh, actually in offices still. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And uh, but I remember walking into his office and saying, hey, I've been thinking about going through Esther um, during this time. And and his response was, hey, I've been like reading that and I was thinking the exact same thing. And so we sort of had one of those, uh, again, a God moment that said, hey, this is where we got to hang out for a little while. And yeah. so Easter is coming up. We're going to spend some time going through our, um, we're going to do our, our Palm Sunday and then go through Easter. Uh, but I thought we'd take a couple of weeks to look at a really strange book in the Bible. And hmm. you're right. It's a book about God that doesn't mention God. Yeah. <laughs> and so we've got some work to do as we get into this book. And and um, But what we see in this book is, a, is what happens to God's people when they are far away from him in all kinds of ways, more ways than you know, than just, than just distance physically. Um, and, and, you know, the author basically, because he doesn't mention God, he invites us to actually find God in the middle of it. And I think that's Hmm. kind of a, that's a really interesting way
0: to, um, to use the passage, but it, it really requires our imagination as so much of like, so much of the prophets and the poetry in the old Testament, it really calls us to kind of figure it out and not just treat the Bible like a science textbook. Right
1: yeah and I remember I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine about you know who who you know is still on the journey of figuring things out. And you know, he said, well, why wouldn't Jesus just come at a time when we can we have all like we have the technology and you know why wouldn't he just come in the you know twenty first century where you know he could do podcasts and he could you know there could be so much more evidence and it would be much easier in some ways. Yeah. And then he answered his own question and he said, you know, sometimes I think about that and I say that maybe that's why faith is is a thing. Like, why do we need mm. faith in these times? And there's this really interesting thing that happens when we have this space between when Jesus came and, and where we are today. It makes yeah. us think about things differently. And so a book like Esther is kind of a similar thing. Like, it's like, why don't we just hear where God is at work? Like, why don't you just say God did this, but he didn't do this? Like God, you know, directed this thing, but he didn't direct this thing we don't get that we mm-hmm. we and so you're right about creativity uh, or we have to use our imagination in some ways but i also think that it 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 reminds us that we don't have all the answers there are no quick you know answers when it comes to you know how does the sovereignty of god work well if i could explain it to you then i'd probably be way closer to god than than i then's humanly possible right so yeah
0: well and i think this week especially right if if you haven't wrestled with the sovereignty of god or the problem of evil before in your life you might be wrestling with it now. There's enough going right. on in the world to make me stop and be like, how does how does this work? Totally. It's tough. Totally. Yeah. So, so how do we find God's
1: activity around us? I mean, especially at times like this, but how do we find God's activity around us when he seems really far away? That's a yeah. good question for us to wrestle with. It It is.
0: Does the book give us any clues in that, Paul?
1: Well, yeah, I think it does. I, I think what we see is that... There are all kinds of circumstances that happen in this book. And as you trace it through, you can look back on the situation and say, oh, you know, this is it it looks really neat the way that God provided and God kind of directed a way through this. Mm -hmm. But in the midst of it, I think sometimes we forget like it's hard for imagine Esther being in that moment where. You know, she's been dragged from her home. She's, you know, in this harem. She is being told that there's a decree that's going to wipe out all the Jewish people. And she's getting all this information. And sometimes we think really like we just kind of gloss over it. But it's Mm -hmm. like in the moment, like for you and I today in our context, where we find ourselves in the midst of this virus and everything else that's going on, it's really hard to see how God could possibly be in control and it's also really difficult for us to say, okay, how does, you know, how does this activity sort of work through the midst of this? Um, mm. Yeah, and that's kind of, I think what we see in Esther is that often it's looking back that gives us the best picture, yeah. not in the midst of it. Hmm. And I think sometimes we want to have answers in the middle. And I think God's saying that there are times where you're not going to have answers, yeah. um, but, but we can still trust that he's faithful and we can still trust the big things.
0: Yeah, that's really good. So now, it's, yeah,
1: looking back, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, for sure. Which is yeah, easy for us to to look back, but when we're living through it, it's hard. It's hard to feel like God's in control, and it's hard to live like it sometimes. Um, but there will be a time when we look back, and sure. and listen. I don't want to you know I don't
1: want to minimize what people are going through because you know I just I know that people are losing their jobs right now, and mm-hmm. you know people can't go and visit loved ones who are sick, and there's all kinds of things that are are going on. But we also recognize when you take a bird's eye view, well, literally, if you you know have seen some of those pictures of what's happening in our environment, you know, there seems to be less pollution happening. There seems mm-hmm. to be some of these things. It's almost like everything is slowing down. Um, you know, it reminds me of um, um, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, Psalm twenty three that, that tells us that He makes me lie down in green pastures. This idea yeah. sometimes God makes us pause and right now i feel like this is the the world's biggest pause <laughs> so when we look back on it i yeah. suspect there are going to be all kinds of things we see but in the mm-hmm. midst of it i think we can look forward to that moment when we can look back i don't know if that makes sense but yeah
0: no and and it's um yeah i mean some i know people who have who have questioned god in the moment and clearly come through those times and seen how god was working through those moments i also know people who have gone through horrific things who have never really found the answers, but trusted that someday Mm -hmm. uh, in, in heaven, in glory with Jesus, that there would be some kind of understanding and some kind of like, yeah, just uh, figuring out how this all fits into God's way of doing things, Um, which which aren't our ways, right?
1: (laughs) Totally. So one of the things that I mentioned on Sunday was this idea that that I think there is a difference between God causing every circumstance in our life and God using the circumstances yeah. in our lives. Um, maybe we could go there. Like how yeah. does that, where is, where's your head at when you start to think about the way that um, God interacts in our circumstances?
0: Yeah. So I, um I, years ago, I actually preached a sermon on this. Um, and there's, if you get deep into the theology, there's kind of these ideas that, that God has Different wills, which is a bit of a weird way of saying it, right? But there's there's the perfect will of God. This idea that um, God has things that he he wants that we don't do, simply, right? There's there's sin, and sin works against the perfect will of God. Now mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that God's will isn't happening in and around us. Um, theologians kind of use different terms. I think there's the the permissive will of God. Um, And then there's at least one more, but but either way, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of different frameworks. This idea that God, um, it's, yeah, it's not that he is willing bad things to happen, but God is in control enough that he is finding this confusing balance between allowing us to have free will, which Mm -hmm. allows us to choose good and to choose evil and brings about good and evil in the world. Um, and also intervening on our behalf and calling things together and forming plans that are for the good of his people uh, and his yeah. children. Um, and so, I, I, yeah, I don't know how to have put that all yeah, together. So sometimes. one of
1: the, one of the way, yeah, that's uh, one of the ways that I um, approach this. I remember hearing this from a friend of mine um, who I think this was really helpful for me is that I, I think, and I mentioned this on Sunday when Jesus came to the funeral of Lazarus, mm. what did he do? Yeah. You know, he wept, right? And I think yeah. I think, you know, if we think about it, if if we there are some ideas about, you know, if God is just kind of putting all of these things together and this is what he wants to have happen because he wants his will to be done, I think when Jesus came and saw the brokenness, he was around his friends, he recognized the consequences of sin in the world yeah. in terms of death and all of these things that that we can't avoid. Um, mm-hmm. and he saw it all and he wept. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of makes me think about this idea when G- when you are going through a really difficult circumstance, I believe that Jesus weeps along with you. Hmm. You know, when you are uh, facing a cancer diagnosis or when you are struggling with a, um, you know, uh, you know, sick or uh, sickness or illness in your family or, or loss of a job or whatever, I believe that God weeps along with you because he, he understands the brokenness in the world. He understands it firsthand, right? Yeah. And Jesus experienced it. Yep. So with that as a mindset or as a first place, then I, I, I take the other things that happen in our life and I put that through the filter of what we know about Jesus. Sure. So when we face those sickness and those difficulties, I, I believe that God can use those opportunities for his glory and and he can use the the things that we go through but I don't believe that he causes all of those things to happen to us. I just don't see that as a, as something that I see in, in the Bible.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, let me, let me ask kind of a related question. Um, often when things like this happen, not that things like this have happened often this pandemic we're living through, but when bad things happen, there's this small subset of, uh, people who say they follow Jesus, who stand up and loudly say, this is God's judgment. You know, you sinners, this is finally what's happened. Sometimes they even single out groups of people or certain actions. Now, how do we, how do we live in that balance of bad things? Are, Are bad things always a consequence of sins? And are they like, is, do we need to repent of those things to make them right? Or like, how does that all work?
1: I mean, I obviously don't have the the perfect answer for that, but I would say that as believers, we have to be so careful that we are assuming that we know what God's like what his plan is in all of this. Yeah. I would say the times that when I recognize that God has been at work in my life and it's most clear, it's been the most surprising. Hmm. I've I've never I've never been in a situation where it's been really easy for me to say, oh, well, this is what God wants to have happen. And then you find out, oh, look, that's exactly what happened. And this is Mm -hmm. great. I find that we're always surprised by it. So I am very leery. In fact, I would tell people that have an opinion about, you know, some big thing being, some catastrophe being the judgment of God. I would just say, keep it to yourself. um, Hmm. Because I don't think that there is, you know there, there isn't an opportunity, I, I think for us to, to take those guesses. I think that's, I think that's really, um, it's really prideful of us to say, Oh yeah, I know exactly what's going on here. This is what it is. Yeah. And it's like, no, I think, you know, I think that, I think that, that people are getting sick because they're not washing their hands. People are getting sick because they are, um, because they're not staying socially isolated. You know, mm-hmm. people are getting sick sometimes no fault of their own because they're on a plane with someone who happened to be sick or whatever. Yeah. I think that those natural things are happening. Now I also believe that God can use this sickness and this time to accomplish some really cool things. Hmm. And I think it requires us to be in line with what God wants to have happen
0: and then we can start seeing the results. Okay. Um I'm I'm curious. I know this isn't directly related to Esther. It, any any thoughts now that we're kind of a couple weeks into this crisis, what do you think God is trying to accomplish here? What kind of uh, like, I, again, <laughs> After I said it would
1: be arrogant for us to, yeah. to, to but I do think we I, can, I need to ask the question. Paul, <laughs> yes. On. I think it's the, it's the right question. And I think, I think that there are things that we can, um, that we can learn in this. So next week, we're going to talk a little bit about this idea of what Esther did um, mm. and how she took steps yeah. And I don't necessarily think that Esther is a hero. Yeah. I think that Esther is an ordinary person, like you or I, who was put in extraordinary circumstances for whatever reason, and yeah. God used her in the time that she was in those places, which is pretty cool. So yeah, I would say for us, cool. it begins with an idea of staying connected to God. I think I think that, you know, how do we know what's going on or what's happening here? We have to start by spending time with God. Mm -hmm. And that may mean that we need to change some habits over the next little while.
0: Hey, and this is a great time to change habits because I can almost guarantee you that you've already changed habits. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And, and so then, so, so what God might be doing through this, I I look at the bigger picture and I don't say with confidence, but I can say that, that this pause that we talked about earlier can, can really make a big difference in our life. It can remind mm-hmm. us about things. And so I think sometimes we can ask the question, you know, God, what do I want to learn in this? Or what do you want to teach me in this? Is there something that I need yeah. to be aware of? Is something I need to know? And yep. um, and I think we can start to see some of those things around the big pause or, you know, how we how we interact with our neighbors or how mm-hmm. we begin to understand how important meeting together is. All of those things, yeah. I think, can be ways that God works through this and he may be teaching us something. But again, I don't think that the... Um, I don't. I can't say with confidence that the virus has been something that's been sent on us so that we can learn these things. I think we're oh, learning yeah. them because of what's happened in our environment around
0: us. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's good. Yeah, um, yeah. I, like yeah, that. I mean, and, I don't want to ever. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. Go, I was just will, gonna.
1: Say, that... I was just gonna say that I don't <laughs> think it's. I'm ever. I'm not going to suggest that it's impossible for God to purposefully have us in painful situations, because I think that sometimes that happens. But I'm just saying that my default is that, you know, Jesus is weeping along with us. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, hard things are hard things. We don't have to be thankful for hard things. But in 1 Thessalonians, it tells us to be thankful in all hard things. And there's a huge difference between I'm thankful for the sickness I have and right. I can be thankful in the midst of the sickness that I have, and that's the way that I would approach, you know, the what yeah, we're facing.
0: That's really good, right? Yeah, uh, finding thankfulness and trusting God in something, not for something. Exactly. Especially when the thing is brokenness, and I mean, pandemic brokenness, definitely. Right. That's that's where we're at.
1: So, and I, uh, just one more thought about yeah. the, you know, the comment that you made about you know, people who take this as an opportunity to decide they, they they're saying okay this is this is what god is doing now or he's mm. making us stop because of this or whatever uh isaiah 55 um 8 and 9 says you know for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are my ways your ways declares the lord as the heavens are higher than the earth so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts hmm. i think we need to kind of meditate on words like that um and and recognize that hey uh <laughs> Okay, God, you've got your thing going on. I'm not going to presume that I know what you're thinking.
0: Yeah, yeah that's good. So, so, kind of looping back around to this story of Esther again. There's a lot yeah. we can learn from it. Um, as I read through it, there there are also questions that come to mind because there, it you know, besides God's name not being mentioned, it also seems like some of these situations are. Uh, maybe questionable, maybe a little bit PG13, maybe a little bit rated R, right? Like sure. there's there's some moral ambiguity happening here um, that doesn't really seem to be addressed straight on. What do we do with that? Well, uh, so I would say
1: that it is part of, okay, so I mentioned before that Ezra, Nehemiah and Esther are all sort of sister books. They all kind yeah. of connect together. Yeah. Ezra and Nehemiah are describing people who are close to God. Physically, hmm. because they're near Jerusalem and they're returning yeah. to the Jerusalem, they're, they're re- rebuilding the wall, they're re- like setting up the temple again. This is all about kind of coming back to Jerusalem after being exiled away. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think Esther is an example, as I said earlier, of how God deals with his people who are far away. Now, hmm. Persia or the Susa, where the capital of Persia was, was very far from Jerusalem. And so she was physically far away. Right. But I think that the story is told in such a way that we're reminded that she's actually spiritually far away from God, too. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think you're getting at. Yeah, um, She is clearly not following the Jewish law because she wasn't identified as a Jew and nobody knew she was a Jew. And she kept it uh, hidden from the king um, mm-hmm. through, through her time with him. So clearly she was not following the law. She could have returned to Jerusalem and she didn't. Um, there's lots of, like you said, moral ambiguity in terms of some of the things that were going on. Uh, and I think all of those things need to be considered together to paint a picture of how far away they were from God. Hmm. So so for instance, I think uh, Chuck Swindoll um, talked about this idea that God can use, I think he describes as lewd parties, right? Like yep. he can use the dark stuff. He can use the things that we would say God would never be involved with that. Yeah. It's like everything is God's. So I think we have to get our heads around this. The whole world is God's. He can work through the most terrible of situations as, Mm -hmm. as easily as he can work through the most amazing circumstances. And so I think you're right. The story of Esther is told in such a way to remind us this was like, she's not a great person. She's not a hero in this. I think she's, she is ordinary, but she's also really far from God. And Hmm. yet he still used her. I mean, yeah. Like, I, I think, I think that's, that's one of the, one of the ways that, um, yeah. Anyways, that's, that's, that's maybe that gets at what you're talking about. And
0: I think it is also helpful to see, like, um, I I think that's definitely true at the beginning of the story. And it actually seems like it's a story of God and Mordecai or God and Esther and Mordecai drawing nearer to God, right? You see, you see Mordecai standing up for his faith and you see Esther standing up for her faith and kind of refinding her identity uh, as, as a follower of God. Uh, and I I think that's, that's also significant. Just, yeah, God, God can continue, continue to work in, in our sin, in our moral ambiguity at times, and not that we're called to that, not that we should celebrate that or want that, but God is still there and still calling us to himself, which I think is really, really significant, right? It's not, God doesn't say be perfect and then you can come with me. He says, come with me and I will make you holy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty interesting stuff for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, Anything else, Paul, as you, as you wrestle through this passage of this book, I know we're going to be talking about it again this Sunday. Um, anything as you were telling the story that really stuck out to you, anything you think is timely for this season that we're in? Well, I think,
1: I think we've described how timely it is. What I would say is that when God seems to be out of the picture, we have an opportunity to bring him back into focus. Yeah. And, um, and and I think that there is something, there's something there that I, that is really Im- important for us. Bringing God into focus is not about you know dismissing the seriousness of the virus that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about being flippant. It's not about you know creating our own ideas about what we think is actually happening. It's not about minimizing the impact or people's concerns or anything like that. But bringing mm-hmm. God into focus is about using the time right now that we have to a stay connected. And B, keep talking about him. Share those stories with other people. Talk about times where you can look back and realize that God was at work. You know, especially if you're a senior right now or you're a parent, uh, you probably have an opportunity to be on FaceTime with grandchildren and with your own kids. Yeah. Those are great opportunities to open conversations about, hey, these are crazy times, eh? Um, I remember a really crazy time back when when I thought things were going sideways. And you know what? God showed me all the way through that he was faithful. And by the end of it, I could look back and thank God for you know what I had been through.
0: Yeah. Those
1: conversations, I think, are really positive and yeah. ones
0: that we need to have. Absolutely. I love that. Well, why don't we why don't we wrap it up there for now for this week? Um, unless there's anything else you want to. Okay. We're good. That's perfect. I'm getting the little nod over zoom. Uh, Thank you for everyone who's uh, tuned in and followed along. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep engaging. We're, we're trying to think of creative ways to continue to grow our community, right? We, um, we know you've probably got more content to consume than you have time for these days, especially if you've got kids at home. Uh, but we just want to encourage you to to lean in, to, to follow God, to live differently. Uh, and if there's anything we can do to stay connected, just reach out to us. We would love to help you with that. Uh, all that to say, we will see you at 10 a.m. on Sunday on YouTube. And we will talk to you again next week here on Postscript.